Welcome to the SaaS.Lab podcast where we bring you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Omar. He's the founder and CEO of SendMade. Thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. And I know I've seen you around on, on Facebook groups and things like that and just uh, following you to learn a little bit more about SendMade, what you've been up to. Uh, and Amar was really kind to provide anyone that's listening or watching to uh, a code of 10% off on the plan. So if you want to use that, if you think it's right for you, go ahead and do it. Uh, so now the code is going to be PHANTOM, all caps. Uh, so Amar, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and you know, where did you grow up and how this whole ZenMate thing came to be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so um, just to, to keep it short, I essentially, I ran my own maid service. I came across a series of blog posts online, uh, what, seven, eight years ago on how to start your own local services business. And it was more focused on maid services, but um, it was more, it was, you know, it was talking more, a little bit more like more generally or whatever. And so me and a friend saw that post around the same time and our skill sets matched up and we started our own maid service. And essentially during the year that we were running that, he built out our website. And then our website was also sort of like our CRM and our scheduling. And he just sort of built that out along the way uh, to fit our like very specific needs with how we ran the maid service. And so fast forward, what, 14 months later, uh, that was like a side project for us. We were both working day jobs. I'd moved out of the area for my day job. I moved back up to uh, to the Bay Area in, uh, near San Francisco, and one of my other friends approached me and was like, "Hey, like I think that we should, you know, build a software so that other maid services can um, can sort of do what you and Darren were um, were, were doing." And uh, we we actually were trying to focus on other industries first, and then ended up coming back to SaaS because of my, um, back to SaaS, back to maid services because of my experience there. And so yeah, that was uh, six years ago at this point, and we've been building ZenMade ever since. Cool, so it's definitely been some time since you first started ZenMade, and uh, we've had, I, I, you know, I've had people on here that are just starting off, people that have been in business for 15 years and so, so there's a big range of, you know, expertise, I, I guess you could call it, um, yeah. What's, what's been one of the most successful things you've done as far as marketing goes to, to really, you know, be able to maintain this thing to get it to six years and it's still going strong. Definitely. So we've always relied, we, we, I mean, yeah, I think we've got sort of a, I don't know about an interesting funnel, but uh, I personally love marketing. The part of the reason that I started ZenMade was because uh, my day job, I couldn't get anything outside of the sales and I'd realized that I really enjoyed marketing. And so this was sort of like an avenue for me to explore that. So we try all sorts of different things. Uh, we've got a lot of very good email marketing. And then for, for six years now, we've always relied on paid ads. Um, and then like paid ads are essentially where we consistently get new traffic and new customers. But then we've done a lot on the content marketing side as well um, I'm just I'm hesitant to rely on content for new traffic right that I prefer the paid ads to get as constant exposure and then the content to be more like nurture type stuff and sometimes it brings us new leads as well that's a, a good point to bring on because I've, I've you know I've had a conversation with many people regarding advertising obviously and you know a lot of the times they're hesitant to start early, like running paid ads because it's, you know, they're not necessarily, they don't have a product market fit. Uh, they don't know who they're targeting. Do you think that being, or understanding that your perfect customer was the maid services, 
is that what made it so easy to to kind of kickstart with paid advertising? Yeah, absolutely. Because we have we have some competition that are made service specific softwares, but honestly, they're most of them appear to be like solopreneurs or solo developers that have built a product that a couple of, of made services pay them for. They don't really seem to be treating them like a company, so most of them don't run paid ads. And then our bigger competitors serve all sorts of service industries. And so we definitely were able to get um, a nice sort of boost in the beginning and we continue to get that to this day by just being so specific with our ads right so definitely you know there's a saying out there that says a niche gets you rich uh so yeah. i think definitely it's definitely true it definitely helps you understand more of who you're targeting like what are their needs and you don't have to be thinking oh like what does the other person need or, or something like that so that's good now i did do a little bit of research to like kind of understand what kind of marketing you were running right like what, what's your approach to paid advertising? Because you could do a very direct response, you know, campaign where, you know, we're our uh, uh, CRM tool for Zen, for, uh, for maid services, right? Or uh, something more like what you're doing, which is really, really interesting. Uh, and it's something that you're seeing in a lot more industries nowadays, I think. But I, I'd love to get your thoughts around it. So tell me a little bit more about the Maid Service Success Summit and how the idea came to be, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... Um, anyone watching that's been in the internet marketing circles or the digital marketing circles for a couple of years probably remember that summits were hot for, for a bit there, maybe a couple of years ago. And what I've found is that because I'm working with an older industry, these trends tend to be far ahead um, so that I can look at what's sort of going on in like digital marketing today that, that a lot of the SaaS companies like SaaS for SaaS companies are trying and in a couple of years I know that I'll be able to like do that for my audience so I saw virtual summits back in like 2015 I think like when I first started traveling like the world and like left the US um, after like leaving my full-time job and going full-time like on Zenmate, I heard about virtual summits, but even at that time, they were sort of like the hot new thing, but you still had to do the entire summit using a tool like Zoom and you had to sort of manage the entire. Right, like people yeah. are hesitant, especially like you said, when you're talking about SaaS or maybe different industries, they're more, of the early adopter kind of yeah. personality where they're okay like let's go on a zoom and and you know let's do this and, and learn more about how to market our company online but when you're yeah, talking yeah. about you know and i forgot the specific name of the people in that group but when you're talking about the those people they're not very you know i guess triggered by such an idea that they want to go on there until it's been out for a while and it's proven yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that, that's very much how our industry is. And so essentially recently, I think there, I mean, I don't know how recently actually, but it came to my attention through a friend who's also running um, his own like summit that like I asked him how he was doing it and I found out he was using a software to actually manage the entire thing. So that was why the timing made sense now that the industry consultants are a little bit more prepared technology wise. We've got relationships with them and all of that stuff. And then we have a summit, uh, summit software to like to manage the, um, the entire thing. And so that was why we sort of pulled the trigger on it but essentially we have I think it's 46 different cleaning uh, industry experts I think maybe 
six to seven of them are like either Zenmade customers. So they're not really like um, consulting or doing anything like that. And then a couple more Zenmade uh, team members. So it's probably closer to 30 or 35 like industry experts and consultants that are all speaking over a five day period. And that actually is in six days is when, um, when that like kicks off. And yeah, we've we've never seen anything like it in terms of uh, in terms of buzz. That that the number of shares that we're getting on on that event is just unlike any marketing campaign we've done in the past. That's really awesome. Now, all all the companies that you're targeting, they typically have more than one employee, correct? Yes, they tend to have anywhere from three to fifteen to twenty employees. Would be like our sort of target. Okay, very cool. Now, how how do you essentially? And, and I don't I don't I don't know if you're in the position to, you know, be running the campaigns yourself, or if you have someone else. I don't know how big the team is. Um, but how does Zenmade leverage data that it's getting from all these cam- marketing campaigns that it's you know has been running for six years? H- how do you leverage that data to kind of shape something out of it? So what's interesting for me this probably isn't the best response but i don't really look at the data all that much that i've always taken a very sort of qualitative um approach that i think that a lot of things to me are worthwhile if you even get one like customer out of them and stuff and so i don't actually look at the data all that much i do have a consultant who does like analyze our numbers and stuff like that but i really just take the approach of just trying to be everywhere you know like i'm like oh just we're just trying to be everywhere and as long as we know that that we're getting to the right people like we don't focus on the numbers i I would say anywhere near as much as we should but like i said like i've hired someone to address that weakness because i'm just not very data driven okay very cool now you know in the in the six years that have passed what's been one of the most challenging things that you've come across as you grow your SaaS company So I'm non-technical that I do not do any of the coding myself. Um, I haven't from the, uh, from the beginning. And so that has become more of a challenge, particularly as we've had to deal with technical debt and everything. So I actually spent about 60 days learning to code last year to get a better idea of just like, you know, figuring out like what I don't know, like what I don't know that I don't know and that sort of stuff. Because about two years ago, we took a new redesign live that went horribly, horribly like wrong. And we've managed to like to recover from, um, from that. So that's probably been the, the, the biggest challenge I would, I would say. Um, yeah, everything else just seems to be sort of moving along. We have little challenges in every part of the business, like I'm sure every SaaS founder is like is used to, but on the product side, that was a glaring weakness for the first like couple of years, just because I didn't have the in-depth knowledge to be making some of the decisions that I was about the product. So for anyone that's listening that isn't necessarily technical savvy, um, do you think it's important for them to at least have a, you know, some sort of understanding so that they can make those sort of decisions? Do they, should they get, you know, a crash course on coding? Should they, you know, get a consultant to really just understand more of the lingo? Yeah. I think that I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say the answer to that question is yes. How you do it 
is up to you and depends on your like your your level and what's important because you know if you're you know if you've been running your company for less than six months you probably have more important things to do right that i was sort of i sort of lost my passion for zen made for a little bit there and decided to get into coding almost as a side thing and it turned out to be one of the most beneficial things that i've done for ZenMate, but you know, if you've got the funds, bring in a consultant or, or a freelancer or something like that um, to get like to get help there. But at some point, even just getting an idea of like how all the data is structured and like you know, like it'll give at least for me, it gave me a much better understanding of not only what could and couldn't be done using like the technology but also just by having a basic understanding of the coding in one way or another it gave me a much better idea of like making suggestions where i knew this would take them five minutes versus recognizing when i was asking our tech team for something that was like a four you know or eight day project and meant redesigning one of the features from the ground up because like first couple of years i didn't really understand when i would ask a question what the difference between those two were Right. And I mean, like you said, it could be a huge difference, even if it looks like a simple thing to you, maybe it's not. Uh, so we can definitely put some people back or like some, you know, like something needs to be done differently. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of the, the beginning, because you mentioned that you've been running paid ads pretty much since you since you started the company. So how how was that funded? Because one of the hesitations that you have, you know, when you first started is, I know I can get traffic, obviously, like there's ways to get traffic to my website and, and, and whatnot, but how do I do so if I don't have the funds to do that? So um, I, I did like tech sales and marketing before starting ZenMade, and I was definitely thinking about it as a funnel from like from day one, right? That just me focused on that was definitely helpful for us that my partner really focused on the product in the very, uh, in the very like beginning. And so I just wanted consistent traffic to be hitting the website. Like I knew we could get traffic organically, but I really just wanted like three people to be going through our funnel every single day. And so we just started out at a really low rate, you know, that we started out literally, I think at, I think we paid maybe $75 to AdWords in our first like month, but it was just something that as a matter of principle, we just, we always had that running so that we knew we were getting new eyeballs on the product, you know, every single, like every single day. So I don't know, like we didn't have any funding. I mean, granted, we were both working like full-time jobs outside of that, but we just sort of made it like a must and just and just said like, this is necessary for us to build this company. Is that how you essentially guaranteed that the quality, that the traffic was higher quality by, by focusing on, on Google ads specifically, like search ads? Um, yeah, so we did think that it was like the fastest path to cash because someone types in made service software, we know they're looking exactly for us. So it was definitely a targeting thing as well. But honestly, I think that, yeah, like if someone new is watching this and is starting their own software, I would say it's more about a consistent quality, right? Because to us, it wasn't as, as important that maybe they were more qualified. It was just that we knew that we would be getting a consistent level of, of like quality feedback because the paid ads would come from the same channel that we also knew Google AdWords quite well when we started. So that was why we picked, we picked it initially, but it essentially gave me the ability even early on to just try different things in terms of what we did on the homepage and like, you know, just basic AB tests, 
even though we didn't actually have the sample size to make data-driven like decisions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what are your thoughts on, you know, this is, I guess, more of a personal question. Yeah. When it comes down to, to really building out your company and, 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 you know, putting the time that it takes to do so, especially when you're working at a, at a you know, day job or something, what are your thoughts on, on, on kind of giving up, uh, you know, if you don't see that you have something that's coming to fruition anytime soon? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, I think that it's, that it's going to be a success either way, right? I think that every time you have a failed project like this, you, you like failed project, right? Um, that it, it teaches you like a lot and that can sometimes be mistakes. Sometimes it's not obvious whether you actually made a mistake or not, but I've definitely found that the speed of execution goes up, right? So, for me, it's, uh, yeah, like if I, found, if I found myself in that situation early on, it'd probably be taking a step back and asking, you know, like what would need to happen for me to consider this a success and like how quickly, um, or if you're going to like move on, it's figuring out if maybe what you've been building can work for like for a different market. Uh, but the, I mean, the main thing is just figuring out who you need to talk to, you know, whether that's a mentor, whether that's like a mastermind that you're part of, doesn't really matter. Um, but figuring out who to talk to, and usually it's the customers. Usually it's like, okay, this isn't working. Talk to a couple of the customers and see what they think as well. Okay, very, very good answer. If you had, uh, or actually, what's one big accomplishment, that, the biggest accomplishment for you through ZenMade? Like, what's the one thing that has happened, you know, in the past six years that really made you just feel really good inside? Well, so recently just passing like the half million dollar a year mark, it's just crazy that, you know, I, I can think back to six and a half years ago, sitting on my friend's couch, uh that you know he's gonna be at like my wedding later this year and stuff and just sitting at, on like his couch and telling him you know someday we're gonna make like five thousand dollars a month right and and you know to, to now be making like 500k a year is just is, is really crazy but honestly like we've I think that actually the Facebook group for ZenMade is probably the biggest thing that ZenMade has a Facebook group that's just for maid service owners. We were the first ones to really do that in a big way and to build like a real like a real community. And I know that there have been hundreds, if not thousands of friendships between maid service owners like in our industry uh, because of that group and then some of the other groups that, uh, that, that came after it or got big after it. Some of them have been around for, for like for longer than us. Like that's something that, you know, being on Facebook and being friends with a lot of my customers and stuff that I see them meeting up, you know, in like in Seattle, Washington, and in these other places like around the US. And it's just, it's a nice feeling to know that a lot of them were connected because of the stuff that myself and like and our team did. That's awesome. Aside from, obviously, you know, the friendships and the connections are some of the best, you know, fruitions of, of having a community online or something like that. But Aside from that, what's one of the benefits that directly come from having the Facebook group? 
so, I mean, the Facebook group is honestly, it's so valuable in so many ways. Like you always hear online of like, talk to your customers. Nothing's better than having the customer community where your customers can talk about anything they want and you can just be like a fly on the wall or you can get involved in the, uh, in the conversation. So for the Facebook group, uh, we get leads from it, but there was one year, I think three or four years ago that we went to like the industry conference and in almost every conversation, you would overhear someone going, oh, are you in the mastermind, right? Or recognizing someone being like, oh, hey, like, didn't you have that thread about, you know, blank or whatever. And so um, it's definitely worked for marketing. People definitely hear about us because of that, um, of that community. But then, you know, the, the, like I said, the, there's just so many like uses for it. So it allows me to like test out content. It gives me tons of content ideas by just answering the different questions, right? Like I did like an ask me anything a couple of, um, of weeks ago in there, like two weeks ago in there, where I just did quick video responses for everyone that, um, that like that, that asked a question. Um, we used to use that main group for product feedback. We have a separate customer group now that we do um, for, for that. But I mean, yeah, like the, the last big feature that we added to our mobile apps, we posted in the group and said, hey, we know that you guys want this, but we don't really know what that actually looks like. And we had 50, 60 comments describing what people wanted. One of the maid service owners, her husband is a designer, and she was like, hey guys, like check this out, and sends us, a, and like she posts a screenshot to the thread that's literally an image of the ZenMade mobile app with like the button, you know, like added in. And she's like, and then when you click this, then it does like, it does this. And it was like professionally mocked up by an actual designer. And those two photos had like 14 likes each. And so I just sent it over to the tech team and was like, this is what you're building. And they were like, what? Like who did this? So it was, it was amazing. There, there, there's just awesome things like that, that, um, that, that we get out of those groups. That's really awesome. Uh, and now let's, let's talk a little more about personal, you know, questions when it comes to you as, as the, you know, the founder, the CEO and, and bringing yeah. the company, you know, forward, uh, obviously with the help of your team. So, uh, if you had one piece of advice for, for the SaaS founders or anyone that's looking to start their own company, what would that be? Uh, pretty much to just get started. Um, I think that most people spend too much time like thinking and strategizing and like all of this stuff for me, all of that becomes a lot more clear once you're actually implementing and executing, even if you're implementing something that then two weeks later you decide wasn't worth it, it's still better to have spent time actually like moving forward, you know, and, and all of that. So yeah, I think that that's really it. And I, and I think that's not even just true for a for like a new founder. I think that particularly if you're struggling with something in your SaaS business, I think that just get moving on it is probably the best advice that I also see way too many people that because they're technical and because they're used to everything being sort of code and just like, you know, if you do this, it will work. If you're struggling with your marketing, for example, it's don't spend three weeks deciding whether cold email is better than like Facebook ads. You have no idea. Just pick one and get started with it. Like take the easier one and get started with it and then do the other one. And then you can shut down or you can make that decision later once you're actually doing something with it. So yeah. Very cool. What's one thing that you're not very good at? 
One thing that I am not very good at, customer service. <laughs> uh, I, I am very, very protective of, um, of like Zenmade as a product and stuff. And I really don't like, you know, like criticism of the product. Like I do, like, I think that I, I actually like take product feedback better than, than like, than, than most, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't generally provide the best customer service. So I try to stay off of intercom as much as possible that I have people on my team that do that. But yeah, there, there's a term within the team unamorifying that I leave just like a note of just like, this is what I want to say to this person. And then like one of the support team members comes in and like makes it all nice and then like sends it back. So that, that's definitely my glaring weakness. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> now to see the other side of things, what's something that you're very good at? Uh, so definitely marketing. That marketing is definitely my my biggest biggest um, strength. That yeah, I mean, what, what what I'd actually say is so marketing just because I'm passionate about it and like I feel like I've been doing it like for for a long time. But I think what actually my biggest strength is within marketing is that I. I take a look at a lot of different things that are going on in the world from like a marketing perspective. And I'm able to take a lot of like info product type marketing things that a lot of other SaaS founders would just ignore and find ways to sort of make them like our, our own. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think just, just recognizing different opportunities from, from looking at very, very different industries and sort of different situations is prob probably the, the biggest strength for me. That's pretty awesome. Uh, when it, as far as companies go, what are your favorite, you know, SaaS companies that you kind of look up to for inspiration and why? Um, so Slack would definitely be one um that just because i mean just like the, the number of people that are using it every day and to have a tool that that's that's like that sticky and would actually cause like problems in a company if like it just disappeared like overnight i'm really i'm really impressed by that uh the other one that i i just i hate saying but i but i feel like i have to would be intercom and that's because I have no idea what the hell I'm going to pay them next month because they just change their prices constantly. And yet whatever they're going to charge me, I'm just going to pay it because it's such like an integral tool. And like, I'm just like, damn it intercom. Like I want that for my SaaS business, but I just don't get how you can have like this core of like a billing experience and still have my business. So I, I respect that in a really messed up way. Um, and then the other one would just be ClickFunnels, that being, being a marketer, what's funny is that Zenmade, we don't use ClickFunnels. I used it a couple of years ago and was not impressed at all, but uh, it's very much a sort of watch what they do, not like what they, like what they say or whatever. And ClickFunnels, um, they've found a way so that they make money on every lead before the person even sees the ClickFunnels software. So that's something that Zenmate is striving for. Um, they have the balls to try to get you to pay them like $900 when you exit their software, when you're like, yo, this shit is not working for me and they're like here pay us 900 more dollars and like to me it's, i just i can't believe that they like that they do that so of course we're gonna we're gonna try that and then yeah i think i think those are probably the main ones i feel like there's some pretty like big ones to like to to, to name but they're, they're all just doing like 
things really well as companies that I really want to see Zenmade doing in the future. Right, and they're definitely there because they've been doing things right. So I think it's good yeah. to look up to those and, like you said, look at what they're doing. Even if it's in a different vertical or a different industry, it's always nice to understand how they're doing what they're doing and then trying to see how you can implement it yourself because there's definitely ways to do it. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite book? Favorite book? Okay, I say this every time someone, someone asks, but um, The Fish That Ate the Whale uh, which is by Rich Cohen. And uh, so it's The Fish That Ate the Whale, The Story of America's Banana King or something like that. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a biography of this immigrant uh, from back in like, what, 1910, 1920, who essentially like goes to the docks in New Orleans, picks up a, a thing of like bananas and goes from that to building like, the biggest fruit conglomerate in the like entire like world and it's a true story and um yeah it's just epic every entrepreneur would really enjoy uh reading that uh that that book and just the creative ways that he like gets out of trouble and just you know i, I read that book and was like shit i'm not i'm not an entrepreneur like this guy's an entrepreneur if i had to do like any of that stuff i'd be working a job and like not doing what i'm doing right now so yeah it's a good one. <laughs> and uh, where can people find you online, Amar? Uh, so that would be theamericandream.com. So A-M-A-R, uh, like my name. And uh, yeah, that's, um, that's like the personal blog. I'm uh, doing a couple more, you know, podcast interviews and recording some more video contents. My YouTube channel, if you look me up like on, on YouTube, I'm trying to publish there uh, a bit more. But um, yeah, and then the, the other one would actually be direct contact for anyone that, that, that watched this. If you want to drop me an email, amar at zenmade.com. I'm always happy to jump on, you know, 15, 20 minute call and just talk to other like SaaS entrepreneurs and stuff. Uh, it helps with creating content. So, you know, um, yeah, you guys, you guys can, can reach me directly if you've got any questions or want to know more about Zenmade or anything like that. And uh, yeah, like we said at the beginning of the call, if you happen to be a maid service owner watching this call. I have no idea why you would be, but thanks for sticking with us. You can get 10% off of Zenmade. Just, uh, just drop me an email. <laughs> and uh, Amar, last question. Do you have yeah. any questions for me? One more time? Do you have any questions for me? Uh, yeah, so what, uh, what would be the biggest challenge in just in getting this podcast like off the ground? I'm actually, I'm really interested in like, what were like your first like five to 10 episodes like? Were you just getting like no views like at all and just like stuck with it? Or did you have like any sort of early like wins or like how, how did that work getting this off the ground? I think one of the things that kind of helped was really making the right connections, right? So like Facebook groups and things like that, like mm -hmm. trying to provide value at first, like becoming friends with people that are likely to maybe listen to it or watch it. Uh, and then also like posting in those groups that are likely to be interested. So for example, let's say you were interested in starting a podcast, then uh, you would go to whatever group, depending on what the podcast would be about, find yeah. groups that revolve about that and then ask people if they want to be on it. Uh, and then try to share with the same people because if they said that they'd like to be in it, they're probably interested in listening to whatever it is that you're sharing. Very true. So just nice. that kind of thing, uh, pretty non-scalable for now, but overall I think it's gotten some pretty good traction. Uh, so yeah definitely exciting and really the, the, the best part about it is 
you know, getting on here, chatting with people like yourself, with people that are doing big things and, and really, you know, trying to change how things are done uh, because that's yeah. a lot of what SaaS is about, right? So really, really just connecting with people and, and finding more like-minded individuals. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, too many people are focused on scaling. I think that's a good question to ask, like, as well as, like, when I, when I realized that we needed to get to about 1,000 customers for ZenMate, I was like, we don't actually really need anything scalable, right? We just need a hustle and like get there. So yeah, I'm like, I'm sending, uh, sending like individual Instagram messages through like our Instagram account to get people registered for that summit. So, you know, we're really taking a one-to-one -one approach. Cool. Well, I'll, let's, let's, let's finish this up right now. And uh, yeah. thank you everyone for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it watching and or, I appreciate you watching. Uh, <laughs> if you want, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join the SaaS Ad Lab Facebook group. Just look that up and you should find it. And thank you everyone for watching. And uh, I'll see you soon.